0: No gods, no monsters contains spoilers, profanity, and substance use. You can have a shoot I don't, I don't feel so good. Fight! We
1: fight. theory that this, this was kind of like a, this whole movie was a test for Rob to see if he could handle living in Japan. (laughs) Um.
0: Welcome to No Gods, No Monsters, we're the anti-capitalist kaiju and monster movie podcast in a world where no one's coming to save us. I'm Rabbit. Uh, I'm Charlie. And I'm Bardo. And today we're talking about 2008's Cloverfield. So we are taking a break from our Godzilla watch through to... Uh, cover the cloverfield trilogy we're gonna talk about this one and the next two movies is this because i had a a cry maybe fed about the last godzilla movie essentially that was our inspiration not necessarily <laughs> the the sole reason i didn't remember that being
1: like our decision and then we're like okay we're gonna do cloverfield we're gonna do a whole other series before the next godzilla movie. i was like oh <laughs> i thought that was because of me <laughs>
0: We're You're having an emotional outcry. And as, as good male members of society, we just tried to problem solve. Yeah. Uh, All right. Yeah. Didn't
2: talk to you about it, but we did hear you and we, <laughs> yeah. we took action.
0: And we think you're fine now. Uh, so, yeah, we're, we're covering this, then 10 Cloverfield Lane, then the Cloverfield Paradox. And then Bartow's going to pick a monster movie for us to cover, and then we'll go into Terror of Mechagodzilla to finish out the Showa era, and then do kind of a wrap-up Showa Godzilla episode. So you can look forward to those coming out in the coming weeks. Uh, Charlie, you want to tell us what Cloverfield's about? Oh boy, do I. Charlie, we need some more enthusiasm. We did this for you, so... uh... (laughs) Oh boy, do I. (laughs) thank you thank you yeah we really need to be coddled now that because we did the hard work rob not the rob
1: from our sibling podcast tokyo liz is a good old-fashioned new yorker who recently got a job as a vice president for a company located in japan his brother girlfriend lily throws him a banging going away party and his best friend hud is tasked with filming the jam and then the movie about to take place during the party a romantic life-changing disaster takes place No, I'm not talking about the fight between Rob and his banging friend Beth over their feelings for each other. I'm talking about the Kaiser who appears because they're all horned up over the banging Lady of Liberty liberty herself. Once the monster appears and realizes it was just a catfish tease, then America had sold them a barrel and closet full of lies of an unattainable dream built on the backs and exploitation of others that the lady was in fact just a statue. They tear apart and behead the Statue of Liberty, the foreshadowing of how they are then going to proceed to tear apart and behead America, starting in the home of Pizza itself, New York City. We follow a small group of Rob and his friends as they try to get to and save an injured Beth during the absolute kaiju chaos that follows, with the group dying off one by one and Rob ultimately saving Beth, but then succumbing to the kaiju tear at hand and ultimately failing his test. Because if you can't survive a kaiju attack in America, how the hell do you expect to live in Japan, the country with by far the most kaiju attacks per capita? The film ends with a dead Rob, a dead Beth, a dead group of friends, a dead Statue of Liberty, and a horned up, ready and raring to go kaiju, hyped up and feeling fresh over their defeat of the American military. Let's fucking go. It's Cloverfield, baby.
0: All right. Uh, before we go into general thoughts, uh, I thought here we could list any references of anything we looked into for the episode. Um, I read a section of the Kaiju film, A Critical Study of Cinema's Biggest Monsters by Jason Barr. I also read an essay called The Ideology of Disaster, Godzilla, Gorillas and Geopolitics in the Global 21st Century by Jamie McDonald. And I watched this like hour long YouTube behind the scenes thing that I think was like all the special features from a DVD or something. For
1: this one, I th- I was thinking about downloading the uh, the Blu Ray so I could watch the commentary and special features, but um, I decided I'd take it easy and not do that uh, and just use your Paramount account instead.
2: Um, I read le spirit du terrorisme which is probably not how you say the spirit of terrorism, uh, by, I don't know if you say Jean or Jean Baudrillard.
0: Nice. Hell yeah, I have not read that one. Oh, really? Maybe I had. I haven't.
2: Um, It sort of, we'll see how I can actually fit this in, and if I can, but he was not writing about Cloverfield.
0: Gotcha. I'm glad because that dude's takes on movies are pretty... Gnarly, like uh, he uh, he says that America won the war in Vietnam by creating the movie Apocalypse Now. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I, OK, but I, I get where he's coming
2: from. I get the. Yeah, no. The lens. For sure. Yeah, he's pretty fucked up.
1: He said that Pink Flamingos is the most wholesome movie ever made. He's, <laughs> he's a real fucking sicko. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, I also forgot to mention, uh, as research, I watched Loose Change when I was 14.
1: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Is that the uh, Conspiracy 9-11 thing? It's one, one of, of them,
0: them, yeah. And Zeitgeist. Forgot about Zeitgeist.
2: Part, parts one and two. Of
1: course. When, when I lived with um, Sam when I was like 20, 21, he made us watch that. Uh, Smart. So I'm always don't...
2: making motherfuckers watch Loose Change. <laughs>
0: 2023 is the year for that comeback uh all right general thoughts folks
1: i was first gonna ask uh i know you've seen this rabbit uh have you seen it barta
2: i have but i basically didn't remember it like i know i've watched this at some point but it like didn't stick with me which made me think it wasn't very good
1: yeah i saw it when i was in theaters and i have not watched it since uh, 2008 and i think I saw Wreck in theater around the same time, which is another found footage film. Much better film. Uh, Not that this is bad, but uh, I think I also kind of confused, have these two kind of mixed up because hectic, disaster someone filming it with a handheld camera running around. But yeah, uh, As I mentioned to both of you, I saw it with one of my roommates and he, he was super stoned and he had to get up and go throw out throw up during it because uh the camera movement was just not jiving with his uh inebriated state understandable
0: yeah yeah I don't I don't get nauseous at all from this movie but I've also never seen it on a huge screen um, I watched mm. it for the first time two to three years ago when I started getting really into kaiju stuff again and yeah I thought it was okay at the time my opinion has changed since then but who wants to go first on what you think of it
2: it was better than I remembered it there are definitely parts where I'm forced to suspend my disbelief a little bit when I when I look at, you know, this guy holding the camera through all these situations. Oh, um, yeah. Which is fine. Um, and I don't mind that I need to suspend disbelief a little bit. It does the things it's trying to do really well and I also like and we'll get into this later I think, but I th- think the monster itself is doing something very clever um, that I did not notice the first time I watched it, and this time through, it really clicked with me what's going on and what the point of this monster is and what this movie is trying to do. And it like
1: just to be clear, you're talking about the giant city destroying monster and not TJ Miller, correct? Uh, TJ Miller, cares, <laughs> Miller's character Hud.
2: Okay, I didn't know he was trying. <laughs> good he was good doing clarification. Yeah, it is a good catch-up on. It is weird yeah. having an entire movie narrated by the like. I I've met so many people like T.J. Miller who are just the most awkward guy to hang out with and spend time with, and it is weird to have an entire film narrated by that guy. Um, this is our second movie with him. Really yeah what else is he in underwater oh Mm -hmm. i didn't watch that one
0: uh charlie what what did you think of it yeah um it's uh
1: not anything particularly special in my opinion but it's a solid fun little watch some of the cgi maybe kind of go i fucking hate cgi but some of it i was like oh that's not too bad um in terms of uh my thoughts on CGI overall. That doesn't bother me as much as a lot of other CGI. The thing with him filming it all... Um, honestly, uh, the stuff of the monster itself didn't really bother me. Uh, take me out of it at all. But there was a thing or two like that didn't have to do with the monster that he kept on filming that, that bothered me. Um, ultimately, I think... You know, I haven't watched Cloverfield Lane since that came out on video, but I think ultimately this is going to pale in comparison to that because that has John Goodman and um, one of my favorite songs, I think We're Alone Now, by Tommy uh, James and the Shondells. But this was a solid, fun little watch. Good little disaster
0: piece. Hell yeah. Yeah, I remember watching it, like I said, thinking, oh, this was okay, and then I watched 10 Cloverfield Lane, and I really liked that. So I was kind of going into this being like, ah, it's like, stupid and has this dumb drama boring stuff in the beginning and then gets into it and i was so pleasantly surprised i think now that i've seen so many other kaiju movies i could see what was distinct and unique about this one and i mean i wouldn't give it like fucking five stars but i really actually loved this movie like i feel like it's really interesting unique it, uh, you said it really well, Barto. It, what it's trying to do, it does well. Like the pieces, the movie feels very tight. The actual beginning scene, and maybe it's because I was expecting it to be really long, the party, but it felt tight. They got all the pieces they wanted to. It felt like it had a purpose. And then, like, for the subject matter, the message doesn't sit with me as poorly as I thought it would. I mean, we'll get into yeah. that stuff and maybe with asking some questions here, I'll, hearing y'all talk i'll come to different conclusions but i just it's genuinely like as far as like movies that are a ride this is like one of the best ride movies i've seen in a long time and even though tj miller fucking sucks he's always pretty funny and does a pretty good job of keeping it interesting
1: (laughs) yeah i mean outside of how he is as a human i think he's a very entertaining uh actor
2: totally I, i don't know anything about him as a human i think he's Abusive towards women i don't
1: fully remember i know he also like yeah. called like a bomb threat on a bus or something he has uh what the hell he has like part of his brain like the the impulse control part he had like a uh, surgery or something that kind of uh fucked
0: that up if what i remember correctly hell? maybe i'm saying allegedly falsely. yeah i believe he um, he i can't remember i almost looked it up and i was like we covered this in the underwater episode yeah but uh we from when you look at it you'll come to the conclusion that he sucks and it's good that he's not really getting work anymore but mm-hmm. he does his job well when he has it yeah he was a, he was
1: a very funny actor Um huh. I, I never watched his stand so i don't know
2: how he was it was a stand up but uh, he portrays his characters very humorously i did think the party went on too long that was the only thing about this movie where i was like okay let's totally. keep going. everything else felt like super tight and and like really, um, what do you call it? What's what's the term? Um, uh, I don't know. Just smart, smart filmmaking, good pacing, you know, and dash, yeah, sure. all that shit. Sure, yeah. uh, but um, but the party felt too. It dragged a little bit for me, and I just mm-hmm. didn't care that much.
0: I think that. This movie has more of a message, a wit, not just the nine eleven stuff, but the general message that I didn't really notice the first time watching it. That I think they set up really well with the party. Excuse me. I do think that it takes it takes a little longer than it should, but right about when I was like, I am done with this. Boom! They're like the thing hits. So, and if if not, maybe it's like five minutes too long, um, or something. But it's not like. But I also went in with the expectation again, thinking, oh, this is that long scene, so I was surprised. So who knows how I'd go in next time, thinking it's the right length.
1: I kind of felt like it was a good length. Uh, There was an element of, this is going on too long, but I felt like that was kind of intentional in a way. Like, this is just kind of like a normal going away party that kind of just really kind of clicks into the vibes of that and makes the... uh, impact of the disaster
0: happening i guess more um, totally
1: impactful if that makes sense i don't know if that makes sense it may not make any sense
0: i think that makes total sense i also think just to give away my feelings on the message right away i kind of think that a big message of this movie is that like a lot of our modern day society is focused on the wrong things and we're wasting time like rob wants to go to japan to be vice president of some company he clearly doesn't care about because we don't even know what it is instead of like (laughs) pursuing this girl Right. And like the scene where they're on the uh they're on the fire escape and the guy's saying like his brother saying like it's about moments. It's about like seizing that that's when the disaster ruins like changes everything. And so they wasted this party worrying about like shit that like just doing normal shit and it kind Mm. of is a little frustrating that they're wasting this last night worrying about like petty human drama i mean it's not petty but it kind of is like the 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 new boyfriends there and all this stuff and so on that level i do think it kind of works but i would agree that it is a little it can get a little boring
2: well it sets up the film that they're filming erasing the Mm -hmm. old videotape idea this this idea that there will be there can be an event that subsumes everything else, and and yes. those those moments just like can be lost. And yes, and you're right um, that that party is a good setup for that.
0: And they are. There are other indicators in the film that these things that we focus on so much and think are important are like some superficial things are temporary. Like they, z- they linger, the camera lingers on the tables outside of this fancy restaurant that are now empty because people had to run. They're like having an argument about life and death in front of a Sephora. And like, it kind of shows you that like, Oh, like everything they're doing is in this world that now is kind of all the things, the commerce and stuff is meaningless. And it has, it takes on a whole different uh air now, you know,
1: it also sets up how HUD, is focused on filming anything because yeah, what I mentioned earlier, thing where you know him filming everything and one some things and I'm not really it took me out of it was uh, when him and um, Jason are bothering Lily about what's going on with Rob and uh, and she's like, okay, I'll tell you, but turn off the camera. And then he leaves the camera on. Like that makes no sense. This video is for Rob, who obviously knows what's going on. Both of them are being told what's going on, whether or not the camera's on. Like, why would he, like, fake turn off the camera and just leave it on? That makes absolutely zero fucking sense.
0: I had scenes that bothered me that he was filming them, like, in when, when Rob was sad in the subway and he's just zooming in on him, like, that bothered me. That one didn't bother me, and maybe it's because I'm projecting TJ Miller onto this character, but I'm like, he's just a jerk-off. <laughs> weirdo who like would get off on that like tj miller would do that so i but, don't know if that's fair but that's how it felt but like he's like why would he go tell everyone in the party either because he's yeah, like and film himself doing and, it that was that yeah then he films himself just telling everyone like why
1: it makes no sense other than just uh they want to be able to show this in the movie and since the whole movie is through the eye of the camera they have to have him doing that, but it makes no logical sense for him doing that. I, I, don't, I, took it I as, don't see your. I mean, I, you're arguing that he's just kind building. of an uncaring dick, but I, he doesn't seem like the character that would just be like, "I'm mean, gonna do this thing that Rob's gonna be all super pissed at me for, um and show him all the shit that I'm doing."
2: In my head canon because there were no moments in between him like going up to someone and telling him because we're assuming again that this is like this is just a video card this is just straight through in my head canon the only way i could explain this because i was hung up the same way you are to charlie is he got his on and off mixed up at some point there was a part
0: where i thought that i don't know if that part was it but there was a part where he was supposed to be doing interviews and he was turning it off and being like do you want to be interviewed okay ready and then it would switch and be like do you want to be interviewed and there was a part where i thought that was happening i don't know if that fits in it yeah um, i don't
2: know it's just the because i was equally like why would you show this to your buddy but yeah <laughs> unless
0: <laughs> that
2: he just uh, got that could make some off. sense
0: yeah I, I wish i could remember if that was before or after the part you're talking about charlie because i know that does happen at some point in the party and because he, they're emphasizing i don't know how to use this thing which button is it it's not my mm. thing and then that happens
1: it also felt kind of weird that rob is like oh you're you're not taping over my tape are you like that—that's really important to me. It, it felt kind of weird. Like, how did his brother and Lily get this camera, and why mm-hmm. were they given this tape in it? And if they just took the camera themselves, like, are they just shitty and not think about how the tape is in there? I know that's just like detail picking, but but that kind of sure took me out of the whole thing too.
0: <laughs> like, I just thought these were dumb people. Like, yeah, I, I I'm hearing your complaints and they're legit, but I definitely was like. Look at this brother. He's a dumbass. <laughs> Look at TJ Miller. He's doing HUD is doing something to piss off everyone the whole time. Lily's like, you better do this right, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like like, I don't know, he's like pissing off Marlena, the girl that he supposedly <laughs> likes. He's like pissing off everybody. Yeah. You know, so I just took them as dumbasses. But I, I hear you.
2: I think they're supposed to be dumb rich kids, like at, at <laughs> some level, that is like part of the character process is that these are rich kids who are just kind of dummies
0: in their early 20s so they don't have a sense of especially rich kids don't have a sense of consequences they're just fucking around and then suddenly they're in a disaster situation
1: yep reminds me of a. Uh, don't have any um my mom doesn't have any footage of me when i was like a baby because my older brother him and his friends were skateboarders and they would always film each other skateboard and they filmed over all the tapes of me as a oh, baby
0: Oh. <laughs> There you
1: go. <laughs> Fucking owned.
0: <laughs> uh I wanna point out that HUD is such a great name for the narrator, heads up display. Oh, yeah. Very clever. That's that's very clever. I, I had, liked
2: that. I had that thought too.
0: I never knew what HUD meant.
2: Thank you. The more you know.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. This is a smart uh, people's podcast, people. <laughs> we teach. <laughs> we teach. We uh we have teachers in our lives and we funnel that through this podcast to teach you and each other and that's what this is all about
2: teaching
0: <laughs> jesus did, did you all know that for a ton of the movie there was no script like a lot of it's improv no oh, no
2: no i am um,
0: i do like no extracurricular uh research on this i have so watching behind the scenes stuff part of it i think was that they just Like, they were kind of figuring stuff out as they went along. Like, for instance, they said they came up with the subway thing because they found a location that they could shoot in that kind of looked like a subway. Like, things like that were happening a lot. And they were coming up with shots on the fly and stuff and they wanted it to feel disastrous. so like kind of in the moment so like they were having the actors like run a lot so that they would be like panting and like frantic and then try to come up with lines like in the moment so like the actors were on set literally not knowing what the movie was about or what was going to happen because partially because this movie had a huge media campaign you know that whole i don't remember it exactly but it was this whole like mysterious thing what is cloverfield and they didn't want it to leak and they didn't even want the actors to know until there later what was even happening um which paints it a lot differently than me and i will say they did a good job i had no idea when i was watching
2: i was thinking about how masterful the camera work was and it's oh yeah it's wild i mean and again some of it You know, like, again, it takes, like, a leap of faith going from the very kind of, like, amateurish filming during the party to, like, what we have going once the disaster is actually going on. And he's being very intentionally unintentional, I guess. Mm -hmm. But, like, really, it still is, like, very well done. It is great camera. And, And especially if they're just kind of, like, running around doing it, then. Amazing.
1: It's super sad because uh, you know, Hud, uh, you get this idea, he's really directionless and doesn't really have anything planned out for a future, and here his best friend or his main man, as they say in the movie, as uh the slang would dictate, um and them to say, is moving to Japan and he's gonna be very lost and directionless, but he finds in this disaster, in this night, a calling for him that he is actually a very good and incredibly dedicated cameraman, he could, (laughs) he had a future of Academy Award wins. um, If not his
0: life uh, wasn't taken by a monster. Uh, So one of the things when making this is they were talking about how they had to get the camera people to film worse. Like they had to figure out how to stop making them so smooth and so professional looking to make it look more on the fly. But also they will get into some of this stuff. I do want to go back to characters for a sec before we go too deep in this stuff, but they were like studying nine 11 footage and other disaster footage and trying to mirror those kind of movements.
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, there was stuff in there. Tell. I've, you know, I've watched a lot of nine eleven footage <laughs> More than I probably should, and there is stuff in there that, like, was really reminiscent of the real yeah. shit. Love for you to say things that get us flagged by the FBI. <laughs> uh, they're watching it too, it's fine. Uh, the, he, he's
0: basically helping them out,
2: yeah. I'm basically I'm a real patriot, uh, mm-hmm. but. In that way, particularly in those like initial scenes where they get out of the building, and there's the dust and the but it is it's kind of a lot for me. It was kind of I was feeling a lot of shit, and I'm like I'm watching this this movie that feels kind of like a stupid ass just like dumb person movie, but I'm getting a lot of feels from it, and it's because it is really tracking from the the stuff that I totally saw then
1: I was just gonna piggyback that that shot with like all the dust and the, the air is just completely clouded by dust uh, that felt very very effective uh, to me
0: totally I want to talk a lot about 9-11 stuff I just want to get character stuff out of the way Let's if that's cool yeah because mm-hmm. um, I don't have a much left I, I thought generally everybody did pretty good Rob was kind of boring to me but I, I liked yeah. I liked Mm. that they were – I didn't give it credit the first time that they were stringing anything together, and I liked that they were stringing together this, like, you know, this shit isn't important around us, find people you love, be together, that kind of – I liked that. It's a sappy thing, but they did it, like, pretty masterfully for it being, like, a flowing found footage disaster film, Mm -hmm. I thought.
1: I'm a sap and a sucker, so that stuff always just makes me tear up. um, Totally. Which I I tear up super easily, so that's not – that in Same. itself is not a huge endorsement.
2: That's good to know about you, buddy. I'm I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna hang on to that piece of knowledge, <laughs>
0: dude. I just to throw it out there. Yesterday, both oh my god, what was it? Both Star Trek uh, DS Nine and what was the other one? Uh, was it The Last of Us? Anyway, I I cried during two things yesterday alone. I'm with you, Charlie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm
1: a super easy doesn't take always much. always start to tear up during movies oh he's crying I was now watching uh
0: <laughs> no i'm not it's laugh cry. it's it's the it's laugh crying
1: <laughs> yeah watching everything everywhere all at once uh with my mom last week like there were a couple times i would like oh i
0: gonna start crying
1: i'm gonna start crying i just stop myself <laughs> which i don't even love that movie um i i like it but uh but yeah I'm, I'm a sap. I'm a huge sap. And uh, the emotional totally. points in this hit hard with me. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I like the the dynamic between Beth and Rob that's you know, just a classic dynamic uh, and I think they did it well. I, I thought it was all all the relationships and stuff were done well. Nothing particularly unique or anything, but all the actors portrayed them well and they were they hit the notes that
2: they were meant to hit. They all felt like a, a recognizable group of people. Mm-hmm, like, totally. Obviously, Rob pulls them to do extraordinary things because mm-hmm. he has this revelation about what's important yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But like they don't do it except I'm going to say except for the the scene where they're going up the the tower and crossing yeah. over to the other tower. They don't really do anything very well, which oh, I no. I kind of dug. I kind of like yeah, liked normal the, people that they yeah. just fumbled their way through it the whole time. Totally. As a result, you know, everyone died. But
0: ha- having an action hero would have ruined this movie.
2: Yep. So Lily
0: survives theoretically. Yeah. She gets in the helicopter. Oh alone. right, she does. Um, yeah. Which brings me to one my biggest complaint about the characters is that. There's nothing directly egregious, but overall, I don't think women are treated super well in this movie. The Maralina is the second funniest and most interesting character. And as soon as that dust scene happens, the rest of the movie, she's just like helpless, coughing, like needs help. Lily... They kind of don't know what to do with and send her off. She's the best one by far. Beth is just like the damsel in distress. Nothing like directly egregious, but it does feel like kind of off to the side.
2: I I mostly agree with you. Marlena does save Hud's life, though. That's true. That's true. She's she's not just totally helpless. She is shocked because, you know, like she saw it. She saw the thing, you know, like which we could talk about what that thing is later, but. You know, she saw something you're not supposed to see. And like, I think it's I again, I I agree with the, the fundamental premise that there's someone who's there's a character who's clearly smart, but they don't know what to do with because she's a smart woman. And there's Beth, who is, I mean, incredible that she continues to walk and talk after what happened to her, but is, yeah, ultimately just being dragged along for yeah. the rest of the movie
1: not only walks and talks but uh she drags rob along after the helicopter
2: crash yeah that's true but uh true very weird though
0: but yeah i i guess just there's a there's two funny characters the guy gets to be funny the whole time there's like people who have a chance to be heroic rob kind of gets the main heroic one i do think mm-hmm. you're right marlena does do that the person who needs to be saved is the other woman it just felt like they weren't given as big of active uh agency as the men um i also didn't come up with this myself i am a dude who did a bad job of noticing this and read this in the essay by jamie mcdonald and then i was like oh and it like made a lot of sense to me
2: i i, I do agree fundamentally that like it's rob the whole time being like this is the next step we're taking this is the next step yeah. we're taking you know the... and,
1: and he's a very boring character and it also mm-hmm. fully seemed kind of I mean, he's the most boring character, or him and Jason are. It also, it's kind of funny how, uh and kind of fucked how they're all basically, like, turn to him as basically the leader of the group, and he's like, I'm going to lead you all to your death. <laughs> and yeah. they're all just like, okay, we don't know what else to do. <laughs> um,
0: I kind of like that. Like, I like, he wasn't like, you have to come. I liked that they had, I liked that they stuck together and had each other's backs in a hard yeah, yeah, disaster. Yeah. They weren't I mean, looking out for I, themselves. I, but I get I it, hear. but
1: just take, just looking at it from a, Kind of more yeah. um, distant standpoint, I guess, was like, oh, this guy basically led them all to her death, and and he wasn't really that upset about doing it either. <laughs> totally. But I do want to point out, I, I Lily was my favorite character overall. I just felt like she Fully. was a, uh, she felt like a great friend and a great uh, sister to be. She so she felt like the most supportive person, and mm-hmm. she was. I, I really liked her, she, I. Uh, she's the kind of person I would like to be friends with because she's totally. like a great person, which doesn't eliminate what you're saying because she was definitely not a focus and did come across as more of an afterthought um, as opposed to, say, Rob.
0: After she's done
1: planning a party, she's given very little to do. Yep. Yeah. Um, that was one of my one problems with her that she has that party and then she signs that task to uh, Rob's brother and it's like, he should be able to enjoy the party more than just going around filming. Everything. True. Um, Good but, ass point. Uh, in, in her getting away in the helicopter, I, I kind of felt like that was not necessarily just like not new and to do with her. I forgot what you said, but just uh, the filmmakers I think wanted her to survive and said that was a way to separate her and make sure she lived while the rest of them were doomed.
0: I could see that. Yeah. We started talking about this already, but the the filming and like kind of its unique style – There's so much to talk about with that. Like, you know, the found footage thing, sometimes I feel like it works, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it feels like Troll Hunter. I love that movie, but the found footage aspect feels almost inconsequential. Not totally, but like in this one, it is essential and it really feels like what makes this movie, I don't want to say like American, but like its own thing, like its own take. You know, there were a lot
2: of movies about 9-11 after nine eleven. Now, first of all, this feels this well, is the most makes more sense than before nine eleven. <laughs> That's true. But in those like, you know, <laughs> seven or eight years after the event, there were a bunch of movies that were like really looking at it. You know, there were two movies uh, you know the Nick Kate there's I think just called nine eleven and the other one was Flight ninety
0: three. Flight ninety three, yeah. yeah. I saw
2: that in theaters. War of the Worlds was very much like a 9-11 movie.
0: I had that written down here as, uh, to ask you all if you all thought that was a 9-11 movie. It, yeah, that's I haven't
1: seen it yet. I heard it's very good though. It's all right. I've always heard it was a 9-11 movie. but I've never seen it.
2: This is the most, the closest one to like, this is the Godzilla to Hiroshima sure. to, you know, a Cloverfield, the 9-11. But the choice to make it a handheld does this thing... For me, at least, where it's make giving me... Um, how would you put this? Like watching actual footage of the event, which was almost all mm-hmm. handheld cameras and things like that. You know, there was obviously news cameras too, but mostly handheld stuff. And it does this thing, and this movie does it really well, where it gives you memories of a thing that you were not a part of Mm. gives you like makes you feel as if you were a part of this event itself and this film really does a good job of doing the exact same thing and making you feel part of not only the cloverfield event but like 9-11 itself you know it's it's there's like a transference kind of happening here
0: which is one of the things that made 9-11 what it was like it's called the first like prime time disaster or whatever because there was so much camera footage and it like it you know we all remember where we were and stuff not just because it was a horrific event but because of the viewpoint could put you there
2: yeah but i think there's something really interesting that they do with the monster instead of ramping up the tension when the monster actually appears, it does the opposite. It takes it for me from this thing where I kind of feel like, you know, if I was like a a person who like felt strong, strong things about 9-11, you might be like, can they film this movie? Like these some of these images are like we are doing yeah. like disaster porn To a certain extent. And you're like feeling all of these things, you know, all these people walking around the streets covered in dust, you know, like incredibly evocative of like a real mass casualty event. And then this monster emerges and you're like, oh wait, it's not real. Like this is all fake. Ha ha. You know, I'm on a ride and it, it has this weird effect of like bringing you back to, your chair and not like hmm. at least to me that that was how I No, I I, I see what
0: you're saying where the the other yeah. part can almost make you forget you're watching a Hollywood movie because it's so similar to news footage of disasters and then the monster appears and it's not scarier it's suddenly like a reminder.
2: Yeah. Like interesting. We are it's okay to do this. Like we're in a fictional place. Don't worry. Like, I felt thing you know, in that scene, again, where dust cloud comes and they go and they hide in the convenience store and there's, like, screaming and crying. And I'm like, I'm feeling all this shit. And they go out and there's just people wandering around. I was feeling myself get all welled up and stuff like that. And then it broke,
1: you know. Creature,
0: interesting. You know.
1: Yeah, I, I can definitely see that point of view. And that's a defense of when the CGI is bad that
2: that even uh takes you out even more. And I, like, I almost brought that up when you said it, but, that, you know, <laughs> and I wish it was better. You know, I, I wish it wasn't made in 2008. I wish it was made right now, but... Mm-hmm. So, uh,
0: I feel like the CGI is pretty good. I mean, maybe it's because I'm used to the shitty CGI we have right now. Um, well,
1: I... I yeah, I didn't mean that. I, I, I meant that it's just CGI in general just always takes me out. Um, uh, totally. And like I said in my in the beginning, I think some of the CGI in this, I think, was uh, better than I expected. But in general, CGI just takes me out. And the first time we saw the monster, I, I felt that that was pretty bad CGI. Um, and that really took me out at the time. But,
0: but yeah. I, I just want to point out, y'all, the monster is like 2% of the CGI. Almost the entire fucking movie is CGI. They are running through Los Angeles in green and blue screens, and yeah. it is insane to watch what they're literally creating buildings where they've made CGI. Everything inside the buildings, just like they would do in Toho with the miniatures so that when they did a blow up effect, all of the ste- beams already had like variances to them. It's kind of fucking wild, um, which was very surprising to me. I would be like, oh, this monster stares points uh, sticks out like a sore thumb, but so much other stuff watching behind the scenes, I was like, I had no fucking idea, which is really cool, I got to say. Was it, was none of it? I didn't realize that either. Was none of it
2: like on a street? Because I.
0: No, it was. Most of it was filmed in Los Angeles. A lot of it was in sets. Some of it was on real streets. These two streets, they said, that looked kind of like New York, but with big green screens around. And then a little bit of it was done in actual New York City. Interesting. Interesting. Because I was part of me was like, how did they get these these shots? Because I know they didn't have a shit ton of money. I It didn't feel like it. it. They didn't for the time. It's really mind blowing. I don't fully know. And keep in mind, I'm watching like PR from the movie makers about how they did yeah. it. So they're talking it up. But like they flew around in a helicopter and filmed New York and then mapped that and made a 3D model of that, for instance. It's very cool. Um. Yeah. It was really wild to see and like they made a sound stage of the Brooklyn bridge that was just like 10 feet of gar- of so of it looking kind of real on a green screen and like 20 feet of it looking less real and then they went and shot a little bit on the Brooklyn bridge and then like mixed them together and it is kind of wild because you think they're on the Brooklyn bridge the whole fucking time it was it was
2: impressive yeah. That's,
0: that's yeah very uh,
2: cool
1: that's definitely overall impressive um what was the budget like for this do you know
0: I don't know. I know that what they were saying was that it was, like, not huge for a Hollywood movie at the time. Um, and I know they came in under budget, which is why they were able to add some stuff later. And I do want to throw out just some interesting stuff. Like, there was so much in the movie they didn't know what it was going to be. So, like, they had a scene where they're all running up to meet the military at the end. And then they all, like, missiles hit a building and they all run to the left. They didn't know what was going to happen. They tried... Taxis crashed and so they ran away Like the only knew is that our actors ran away And they tried a bunch of things and were like oh the missiles look the coolest Like there's a ton of that in the movie Which does make it so that you can It's not like you have to do good CGI of a taxi falling You can do what will look good And I think that probably covered up where they were lacking They could do what would look good
1: So J.J. Abrams is a producer on this Yeah What was he at this point?
0: He had done
1: Lost.
2: Uh, like, what I couldn't, else I couldn't say. Problem? I don't really know. I think that's what. Like, I read a couple like reviews, contemporaries reviews of this movie, and everyone just mentioned Lost. Okay, uh, he and obviously he did the Alias soundtrack.
0: before Lost. That's what got him big.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, but no, the first thing he got him big was he did the soundtrack to Night Beast when he was sixteen. <laughs> hell yeah
0: well he was like i know he was like steven spielberg's pro like protege or something he was underneath steven spielberg and like stuff i don't i don't know why i know this i think i've watched too much star wars stuff if anybody Um,
1: wants to watch his first credit night beast by don doler a low budget super super low budget alien movie where he did the soundtrack when he was 16
0: hell yeah (laughs) I gotta say though, one thing is such a fucking JJ Abrams move is to make a movie that is supposed to be based in New York and is supposed to be referencing the biggest disaster to ever hit New York and to name it Your Exit on the Freeway in Santa Monica, California. <laughs> like, is that, that what is, Cloverfield is? Yes. Yeah. Which I grew up four towns away from, uh, from there, so I know that exit on the ten, and it's like, are you kidding me? That's what he named it after.
1: I, I yeah, I was wondering what the name was for. I just figured it was like he just liked it. A part of New York. Um, nope, part of uh,
0: L.A. where they film most of it. <laughs> like it's such a fucking Hollywood dipshit move. Yeah, it makes me
1: so mad. Hollywood liberals. I, the <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> nothing compared to our New York City liberals. The uh, <laughs> what was <laughs> like, it Woody called? Allen. The excuse they made for it in post I think so I, I also read a little bit about the like alternate reality game that they had people play as the viral marketing thing I don't remember any of this going I, on but, but I don't remember that I, I just was, remember
0: the website
2: yeah, and it, it got
1: pretty deep apparently but 2008 was a time when I was like really unplugged from uh, media and what was going on so I think I missed a lot of the uh, promotional stuff for this and I think I only knew of it because like my roommates or friends were like, oh, this, uh, let's go see this movie. I don't, I think I completely missed the provincial
2: campaign. In in 2008, I was just listening to harsh noise and watching the Chicago Cubs. That was like all I did in 2008. But uh, apparently the, the, the reason given for the name at some point when you get through this set of clues is, is they, the government called central park, they renamed it Cloverfield because clovers gr- tend to grow in places where there's been a nuclear mm-hmm. test or strike mm-hmm. or whatever. I don't know if that's really Sorry. true, but um, that is the, I'm forgetting the word.
0: That's the justification. Justification. Yeah. Thank interesting. you. Some of the stuff I was reading pointed out some stuff that I thought was interesting of not only is the, like, Okay, the camera is supposed to be reminiscent of people on the ground during 9-11 and things like that. But it's also, there's also this theme of cameras, right? There's so many times where you're actually watching him filming a TV in a store or him filming other people holding their phones up filming. And it's part of this, like, post-9-11 mass of information and, like, suddenly being in all these, this different way to, like, see, like, on the ground footage and stuff that how did they put it i want to here we go from the ideology of disaster by mcdonald uh, cloverfield does not simply replicate amateur footage of 9-11 but emulates the relentless amalgam of images and video that made up the ideological battleground of the war on terror the film acts as an expression of the fear and confusion engendered not only by one day but by an era of media-saturated chaos. You know, like, after 9-11, the news was just, like, war and terrorists and looters and whatever. It, like, became what we're so used to now, like, this frantic, like, fear thing. And I, I think that's a really good point, that this movie is, like, like also emulating that
2: yes i think that is an important thought throughout this is that this is not just a film about 9 11 but it's a film about the time between 2001 and 2008 and the other other thing about cameras as like a theme is they sort of bring up uh, a couple times that like if it's not on camera it didn't happen you know he keeps kind of yeah. trying to emphasize that. That's why he's like filming everything, and um, I'm gonna I'm gonna come back to that. I think, but um, I think that's an important part of this puzzle. What were you gonna say, Charles? Oh yeah!
1: I was just say another thing I thought about the camera, and this is probably wrong and stupid and just my opinion. Um, but what I was thinking while watching it was uh, one of the reasons why I never took me out of it after that. After that party scene that I mentioned before, the fact that he's filming all this was I feel like it's just a, a way for him to have control over something as well as contribute something. Um, nice. totally. that a, he's just you know, he's kind of the loser of the group who is an idiot and this is something that he can contribute. is just uh, document the whole thing and that's not just contribution contributing to the group but contributing to society as a whole. And then they're just having control, you're in this hectic situation where everything's absolutely fucked. But this is something that you can he can dedicate himself to, um, and totally, and uh, something that he he can make sure gets done.
2: And 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 he has like a direct, you know, he has a frame. He has like he has a literal frame to put Ooh. himself behind and to look through and you know in a in like you were saying in a world that has become incredibly chaotic all of a sudden i I think that was very insightful charles i don't know why you started that so negative
0: (laughs) he also yeah I, i fully agree and thinking about that makes me think that he like he has very little control about what happens to him but he has a lot of control of what uh, like what he experiences he doesn't have control of, but what other people experience he has control of like what mm-hmm. is going to be the viewers take on this for sure he also probably sees that as
1: he's any other group and this is the way he can contribute you see that uh whenever in the beginning when people are gathering out at first he's like stoked he's like i i got footage of it i got footage of it and he like wants to show um, yeah uh yeah, I think that that's just also an example of him feeling useful by controlling the camera. Totally. Yep. And yeah, the the through the whole movie, he just goes by whatever Rob says or does. And when they don't know what to do, he turns to Rob like, "What do we do? What do we do?" You know, Rob just lost yeah. his brother, and he turns to him, "What do you do? What do we do? Ed? What do we do?" But having this is something he can do. He can he can feel useful in some way,
0: I guess. Totally. I think there's a lot more like stuff around terrorism in the military tied to 9-11 that is really good to go into. But I was wondering if y'all are down to take a break to talk about like the monster itself, because I think that might tie in.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. So, I mean, in general, what do y'all think of like the monster itself?
2: I liked how they treated it, like that we're just sort of seeing pieces of it for most of it. I kept thinking like, I don't know if, I I didn't necessarily feel like super satisfied with it because I didn't know what it was. Even like when they Mm -hmm. give it like a full shot, I kind of have this like, what am I looking at?
0: You still can't see the whole thing in that shot. Yeah. Totally. But. That's okay. Yeah, I, I liked
1: it. I, I feel like it would have been more effective if they didn't show as much as they did.
0: That big shot that at the end where it's like looking at you and you see it a bunch, that was a last-minute decision. The original idea was to not even have that, hmm. which might have been better.
1: Yeah. I thought it was funny the way he... Went straight after their helicopter at, at, the, at the end, <laughs> <laughs> even though their helicopter had nothing to do with the bombing of it.
2: <laughs> That's pretty funny.
1: And just lunged right fucking at it. I appreciated how his tail took out Jason, like, specifically. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I guess, seeing a pattern.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I wasn't paying attention the, full, the, the first time, I guess, because... I was like, oh, I bet Jason's going to come back. <laughs> and then the second time I, was, I watched I was like, oh, that just hits him directly. <laughs> yeah, That's
0: so funny because the actor said in a behind-the-scenes shot, like, they didn't technically say I died, so I'm really hoping I come back later because <laughs> they, like, don't know what's happening.
2: <laughs> I mean, yeah. You I,
0: and him are on the same wavelength.
2: <laughs> I, I, when I was watching this, I had this you know, again, this the last time I watched this, it just didn't stick with me at all. And I had this uh, like, oh, man, they just like annihilated him. And I forgot <laughs> that they just do that to like every character. Um, Literally, the,
1: totally. the first time I watched, it, like almost like up until like the last 25 percent, I was like, he, he's coming back. He's going to come <laughs> back anytime.
2: <laughs> but yeah, I, that's amazing. I, I like the big guy. Or gal uh, or whomever. Yeah. I very effective at mm-hmm. at being very destructive. And I like his lice or whatever. Totally.
1: I like how invulnerable he is to the United States military. Hell a lot yeah. like a lot like Iran. Um that's
0: not not a good point, for sure. <laughs> yeah i i his design has never like grabbed me but i the more i look at it the more i do appreciate like that it's unique Mm -hmm. and it kind of makes sense as like you know what can you do that's new and it kind of makes sense like if there was something from a totally different world how could it move and still make sense but look very different and i i do like that one thing i thought was interesting was that uh when they were designing the monster they decided instead of being like raw power they wanted it to seem like f- afraid and like it was just freaking out afraid like it didn't know where it was and their idea of it was that it was a newly born infant like it just is here and it's trying to figure out existence but it's in new york city um which begs the question holy shit oh, if this is the infant what's the mother right like the parent
1: Maybe the the small ones are the parents. <laughs> Maybe they just get smaller. Well, okay. Well, that that throws a whole new wrench in it because I just assumed that those were baby ones, but no.
0: I I think they're like parasites. That's what they. I was with you, Charlie. That's why I made the Manila mm-hmm. jokes. Maybe it wasn't on, on recorded, but like uh, their baby Manilas falling off a of Godzilla. But um. In all the behind the scenes footage, they called them the parasite scenes and the parasites. Oh, which, interesting! You know that doesn't mean that's what they are, just because people were told behind the scenes that's what they were. But it was interesting to hear that um, mm-hmm. kind of very Godzilla nineteen eighty four situation. Oh right,
1: what a fucking nerd thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm guessing they're they're kind of more insect like than uh than the big one, huh? Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, and then they have that. Do they cause her to explode? Or yeah. They, the okay, I, I wasn't sure. Bite. Like, did the military blow her brains out, or did the, the, or did the bite just cause her to explode?
2: Well, we see a dead soldier rolling past who like had exploded as well. Like, okay. stomach yeah. was open up. So I had a thought about the critters that they were Don't call them that.
1: <laughs> don't call them that. There is already a movie called Critters and they're cooler monsters than these. I Crux.
2: had a thought about the gremlins, <laughs> motherfucker. And they I they felt to me and this was just a feeling. I don't have too deep to go on this. They were anthrax. They were like there was it was like this this like time bomb thing going on where there was like oh my god we need to get this person away from everybody else you know they are they have been you know uh a, essentially a package has been delivered into them not just you know because she got bit and she was fine she was walking around you know it's the same thing if you had gotten like bl- opened your mail and gotten blasted with a. Th- a thing of powder if you didn't know what the fuck that was.
0: Oh, man. But I hadn't thought of them on this level, but, like, it looked like the pop could hurt others. That's why they were freaking out. And so, like, oh, man, like, suicide bombers? Like, the the bite is ideology? Um, I'm not saying that's what it is but like when you if you paint it with what do they represent if this monster thing is the thing that caused nine eleven, that's where my mind went
2: that that makes sense too yeah but i just thought of it because after they leave after the military man escorts them out of the base to go do their <laughs> thing which was very strange yeah. but um <gasps> they there's just the big like barrel with the uh Biohazard symbol on it mm-hmm. sitting out there, which again made me think we have this like this other type of emergency is going on.
0: Well, they were in hazmat suits when they pulled her into that right. like yeah. room. You're right, that is very anthrax vibes.
1: Yeah, it's crazy how this is like barely even a plot point. <laughs> um, yeah, when it's like this could so easily just be its own movie, yes, and yes. it's like they barely even recognize it. Uh, it,
0: it did feel like. They just needed more action. Yeah.
1: Um, I'm not even. I mean, I think it's even just kind of cool how it's just. I don't know. Maybe it kind of adds to the heckiness of it. It's just like, wow, there's this huge other fucking horrible thing going on. And uh, we're just going to get a fucking glimpse of that, and then go back to dealing with the, the big dude. We gotta <laughs> um, get Beth. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Uh, That's a good point. But yeah, it's just. It's weird how it, they. Barely acknowledge it at all, other than the fact that one of the main characters dies from it. Totally, R.I.P. Marlena.
0: For real, yeah. What's that actor's name? She's great. I don't remember. I don't know. I really is. like her though. The party, party, um, party I think it's down,
1: like
2: gal.
0: Liz, Liz. Oh, that was she's from Party
1: Down. Um, party Down and Mean Girls. Oh yeah, and Mean Girls. Yeah, yeah. I did think that the night vision of looking at the monsters maybe kind of helped the CGI pass better, maybe. I don't know. I, I thought it kind of
0: looked neat, and I I, 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 I liked that, I guess. Hard to agree. Uh, that was a really cool scene. Yeah. Smart use of the fact that this is like a diagenetic, or whatever you call it, camera. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I learned that word from y'all. I remember um, that
1: from Barton. Uh, I he was just a guest.
0: <laughs> Super smart. Um, Yeah, when, so when I was thinking of this movie as like, okay, this is 9-11. So this monster is the terrorist. Okay. And then I was like, I was kind of, one of the big questions that I had is like, what does it mean the fact that like this monster isn't necessarily given, like there's no other side of the story, right? The monster doesn't have like a political ideology that they're carrying hmm. out.
1: I think it was funded by the U.S. government to, uh, <laughs> cause a, um, a resistance towards the Soviet Union. HUD does speculate in, on in that. Afghanistan.
0: Yes. Wait, he says maybe the government made it. I don't read the papers. Yeah. Full on. Huh? Eh? Yeah. Yeah, I, I was kind of
1: worried about that because there there's a huge explosion and then all of a sudden the monster's there. But I feel like if it came from the sky, like there would have been... Some more footage and knowledge of people reporting that it was seen coming from the sky or something like that, especially off the coast of New York City. Uh, they mentioned
0: the ocean as a possible.
2: So there is all this backstory about where it came from. Like, huh?
0: What, which right, well, let, me, let me. I don't make...
2: think matters because it's not in the text okay. of the film, but it does come from the ocean.
0: I want to hear that. I want to get through my my thought first, if okay. that's cool, yeah, and then please. I want to hear the uh, yeah. Sorry for the real you shit. Off. No, you're good. Um, so yeah, when I first watched it, I was kind of like, okay, this is really cool. It's doing a good job of getting our point of view from 9-11, but it's not doing a fair job of getting the other point of view, right? This is just a monster wreaking havoc for no reason that we should be afraid of. And I was kind of pissed off about that. But I will say from like reading stuff on it, I think if they are trying to make a movie that is just our perspective in the moment, they... They actually do a good job of the monster being like, you know, you. it's hard to define it because you barely see it. You see it in little snippets. It's kind of confusing. Where did it come from? You don't know if you can beat it. The military is very unable to deal with it, right? They're constantly like, like the military and cops have no idea what they're doing. They're totally out of their depth, just like in the war on terror. And even if you kill this big monster, now there's little ones running around. So... I'm. I've grown a little. I've warmed up to at least its depiction in that way as a criticism or a reality of the U.S. government in the face of terror. Does that before we go on to other point? Does that make sense? Can I can I expand on that? Yeah. Okay.
2: Because
0: I I had the
2: same sort of thought where like it frames the monster or the attack itself as something basically without motivation. You know, it's just like evil. It's violence that we cannot understand. And the complexities that led to nine 11 or whatever are completely smoothed over and erased. But right? there's this weird thing that happens. I think there's a couple of weird things that happen. Because on the other side of that there's another evil that we also cannot understand, and it's why the fuck are the US military nuking Manhattan?
0: Oh yeah. This is my next big are question. They, yes. They're not nuking Manhattan, are they? Yeah they are. The down protocol is to nuke Manhattan. I thought the hammer down protocol was just a firebomb Manhattan. Or whatever. You know, in, they're I thought it was nuking, and in the behind-the-scenes footage, they talked about nuking. Okay, or maybe it was in the stuff I read. I can't remember somewhere else. It was confirmed to me, but maybe everybody's wrong. I'm not sure.
1: But the way when they're um evacuating, and while that uh bomber is just laying down tons of bombs, I thought that they're basically just gonna level the city. Because that was not that was the, the start.
2: That was not the hammer down protocol,
1: though. I don't think okay. Okay, I thought that was the begin of the hammer down protocol.
0: I believe the B2 was the one that we're supposed to associate with nukes. Um, Yeah.
2: So there's both sides, everything, basically the whole world around this camera and this group of people. The motivations for anyone doing anything are completely ambiguous. Instead, we're left with our protagonists who are just regular, you know, bougie, but otherwise regular folks. Uh, stuck in a world where all of the forces that are larger than them are being motivated by things that cannot be captured on screen, which is continually reinforced throughout the film that if you didn't film it, it didn't happen, implying a universe of total chaos where buildings are just struck by giant appendages and leveled by bombs just because. But the weird thing to me, that happens is at the end of the action itself implies sort of like a leveling between the monster and our protagonists you know because they are both caught in this they Mm. and everyone else who's left in Manhattan presumably there's more than just our two people there's probably thousands of people still in Manhattan somewhere um, are left to the same devices as the monster is um, and not to sound too much like a libertarian, but the nuking of New York to me feels almost akin to like the Patriot Act or whatever. It's it's this like it's this total uh, hopeless gesture that does nothing to the monster or mm-hmm. terrorists or whatever because extrajudicial extraction prosecution of people suspected of terrorism will always and has always, you know, been fine without new legislation and said exists only to trample and level us. And as nuclear radiation from this blast, you know, presumably leaves Manhattan and goes across Mm -hmm. the country and the world affects everyone else too. And it's like, it's this. It's this weird moment where the military become the ultimate bad guys of this movie.
1: I, I just want to throw in there. I mean, you're talking about how there's presumably you know thousands of people left in Manhattan. I mean, Manhattan is obviously right up along with all these other uh, cities that probably did not have as heavy as evacuation as Manhattan did, since that was the uh, ground zero, so to say. So, so yeah. I mean, essentially, it's talking about nuking new york city and thousands i don't millions know what new york City's population is but um that's a shit ton of people it that definitely would not millions. have escaped at that point
0: um i think that's an awesome read i also think it's very like first of all i don't know that i would fully say we don't know the motivations of the u.s like i think that they want you know to remain in control and kill this thing but we definitely don't know the motivations of the monster but we yeah we do it oh okay saw
1: a statue of liberty fell <laughs> in love <laughs> found out it was catfished fair, got mad fair. at the people that catfished it
0: okay well when i was watching and i didn't realize that so i if we i like the idea of if we're taking the creator of the monster at their word that this was like an infant who just appeared here it's just like it's like you're saying barto they are tied with the people who are just there they're caught in it right and I think it's very important to note that J.J. Abrams decided to make this movie because him and his son went to Japan and saw Godzilla stuff everywhere and were like, oh, we need a lasting thing like that. And so it's based in Godzilla, right? But the end of the movie is we know that this nuke or the bombs or whatever it was definitely killed our heroes and we don't know if it had any effect on the monster at all Mm -hmm. and so the end of the movie the bad guys again are the united states dropping a nuke just like the beginning of godzilla Mm. wild well
2: actually we do if
0: in the credits
2: after the credits i think they say the monster is still alive
0: oh sweet even better yeah
2: somewhere in the credits
0: Damn, yeah. I I waited for something I didn't see anything. Maybe it's in the background. I, gave I, I forget. I I um, know that um things I read definitely implied that we either didn't know or it was still alive for sure. We definitely don't know it died. Um, I'll take you on that though. I don't really know. I didn't realize that.
1: Yeah, and the monster being an infant does throw a wrench in the uh my Statue of Liberty theory, but then I, I guess it even <laughs> hammers one more because it was looking to the Statue of Liberty as a mother figure. <laughs> um, there we go to care for and nurture it and, and it has
0: some you know some uh Oedipal things going on Wha- yeah
2: wire ape, um. <laughs> wire ape mom wow this is a deep movie I-,
0: I liked this other quote from uh uh the ideology of disaster by mcdonald um if godzilla embodied the power of nuclear annihilation Cloverfield's monster is emblematic of the insidious fear of fear itself that characterizes the war on terror and its global media coverage. Like the, the ending of the movie, the thing that does them in is a reaction of fear to this thing.
1: Mm. Imagine being like a fucking general of the strongest military in world history. And you're, putting everything you have at this one presumably biological creature and it's just doing nothing it's like barely even stunning the fucking thing that that uh damn that would be uh scary
0: (laughs) which is the beauty of godzilla in the first place right is this idea that they're you know people in japan are afraid of the u.s military who's like over them and it's like what if there was something even stronger than that and i love this updated take on it like
2: Mm -hmm. I'm going to jump back real quick and say, please, my my point about not understanding the motivation of the U.S. military is that the worst thing this creature could do on Manhattan is destroy all of Manhattan. Yes. Which they just did for it. You know, like I don't I just don't understand, you know, like if I were a person living in Manhattan, I'd be like, wait for it to go out. To see yes. or anywhere else before you drop a bomb on it that that's that was my my point in that
0: oh, I fully agree with that. It's like using the death penalty to stop murder. It's like the worst thing that happens is murder, right. maybe bad but, analogy, but you know we do we overcorrect a lot and make things worse right but at
1: this point, um the government was in control by uh Republicans, so they were probably okay with uh, part of New York being wiped out.
2: (laughs) (laughs) To prevent the election of Barack Obama.
0: (laughs) (sighs) Like, we haven't talked much about how the military is depicted other than this ending, but throughout the movie i mean they're most of the time except the one good cop which i do think is a liberalism of this movie that there's one good military person who helps them but other than that they are stone walls. they are just saying move along if you don't have it move along we don't have information they're ineffective uh, they're outmatched and it's very feels very accurate as to what it probably looked like when we sent all these people over to the Middle East into the wrong country to kill the wrong people for the wrong reasons, you know, they didn't know what they were doing. They were ineffective and mm-hmm. they sucked at it and they didn't treat people like people.
2: It, I mean, at one level, it very much had this feeling of like, oh, they're just doing their job. Everyone's just doing their job. And totally like, you know, that is yeah. obviously like a shitty thing to be doing. But it it was nice to watch a movie where no one was valorized. Like, no military people were yeah. valorized. Even the cop who, or the guy who, like, showed them the way. Yeah. To me was, like, I, I don't know. I didn't think of him as, like, there are good people in the military. It was just, like, this is a, a decent guy. You know? like um, Not, totally. like, uh, a mark on the institution itself.
0: Sure. And, like... If you tell me that I'm about to watch a 9-11 monster movie made in the two, late 2000s, produced by J.J. Abrams, I thought that it was going to be so bad. Thinking D. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, God, I got to dig into this. It's going to be so bad. And yes, there is the fact that the monster isn't given agency, and that is a, is potentially an issue. But I will say, for what it feels like they're trying to accomplish, it's actually pretty awesome.
1: I'm just thinking this is made like, so this came out in 2008. So I guess presumably it was made, you know, throughout 2007. So the end of Bush. So maybe there's just like, oh, yeah, I mean, at that point, there's a lot of resentment and uh, anger and looking back on how we handled things at the time. And uh, it feels like it was very kind of well funneled. Um, into this movie Uh, while if J.J. Abrams had made this in 2003 it would probably look very different
0: or 2023 Um, 2023 and as Roger Ebert said about the original Godzilla it was the Fahrenheit 9-11 of its time (laughs) (laughs) he did say that fucking idiot (gasps) but yeah I think this is
2: definitely the most subversive movie Hollywood movie about nine eleven. like far and away you know it, Yeah. you know again I think the folding up of the monster with us at the end as yeah. both victims at mm-hmm. uh, to a certain extent of Uda's military overreaction is an incredibly subversive move and there's no other There's no other movie that tries to like tell this story that makes that decision.
0: Hell yeah. Well, uh, do y'all want to do some awards? I feel like it's time. Did anybody have anything else that I'm cutting off? I felt like that was such a good crescendo. It felt good, but I don't want to cut off any points. Oh, I do want to say I appreciated the, the Kaiju references. Uh, I mean, there were, mm-hmm. there were barely any, but I liked that he was going to Japan. I liked that they mentioned Tremors. That was great.
1: Yeah. But when did they mention Tremors?
0: They said something about Tremors when they thought it might be an earthquake, but like oh, okay. the, the way they said it to me felt like a wink, which is like one of the American yeah, big okay. monster movies, you know? Probably. Um, have either of you seen the new Batman?
1: No. Yeah. Is it good?
0: i really liked it i mean it's a batman movie so you have to go in being like this is propaganda." but on the scale of propaganda, it was it was my favorite batman i've seen in a long time i saw it the night it came out and i thought it was great all right I for a batman movie like all batman yeah, movies I, are inherently fucking stupid and fucked up uh yeah
1: anyways that's the only other movie i can think of by this director so i was just wondering oh
0: i didn't realize um, it was a director yeah As i forgot it yeah no i did know that matt reeves um I really liked when I was watching like the PR behind the scenes stuff, I was like, I like this guy. I feel weird that I like this guy. He seems <laughs> legit. He <laughs> seems kind of grounded and chill and really excited.
1: Yeah, I mean, probably was really stoked. This was I think he had done a little bit before this, but like super low budget stuff. So this is probably like Oh yeah. He get he gets to work with the
2: guy who did the soundtrack for Night Beast. <laughs> it was twenty five million Love. USD. It was the budget which is pretty small.
0: Oh. Uh th- yeah, this was a very creatively made movie, I got to say. Mm. Um Barta, did you have anything else you wanted to bring up?
2: Just just okay. I'm just preparing my brain for for my awards. I know I know where I'm heading. Cool. Uh
1: dumb cop of the week. When they're first when they come out of the subway and they make contact with the military and the military the soldiers take him to the base. And they're all, like, hanging out and talking. And he's like, ah, I'm going to go find this lady, whether or not you can help, blah, blah, blah. You can shoot me. You want to stop me? And then all of a sudden, uh Marlena is like, oh, I'm feeling like shit. My eye's bleeding. My eye's bleeding. And they go, oh, my God, she's bit. We need to quarantine her. If Being bit is a known thing that you need me to quarantine for. why well, was not the first thing that happened with the military. Came across and like, or any of you bit? We need to search totally. for any kind of fucking bites. Especially with this obviously sick and fucked up person with
0: huge fucking wounds on her shoulder, both front yes. and back. Like, Charlie, that is my dumb cop of the week. The military for not checking for a bite as soon as they find people. like Like, that's insane (laughs) which by the way that effect was really cool and that was practical uh where they pulled her back and they had like a cannon full of blood goo that shot onto the wall that was really cool
2: it looked great was cool
0: also the
2: bite looked great like the wounds themselves look really good
1: yeah they looked really painful and gross and just like
0: really good uh yeah being a broken record, but like in the behind the scenes footage of the bites, when the actors are just talking to the camera, they like still look incredible. Like it's just such good makeup work. It wasn't even like the camera and the lighting. It was just looked so good. Cool. Oh, that reminds me. Sorry, I did mean to mention Uh, they tried to use puppets for the little ones and it looked so oh. bad they had to switch it to CGI, but they had full puppets oh, of cool. the cricket I, things. Well, and I, I bet.
1: I bet I would have liked it more.
0: Yeah, it looked yeah. very funny in the footage because they were like, in the movie they go so fast and it's these people mm-hmm. with put- rubber like trying to go so fast and it looked pretty dumb, but they did say it was cool because it finally gave the actors like, oh, I know what's attacking me.
1: Yeah, you know? yeah that makes sense.
0: So <laughs> I, I always out. find
1: that kind of weird trying to put myself in the actor's uh, foots when they're feets, not foots. <laughs> feets, <laughs> when yeah. They're, when they're doing a... Yeah, monster CGI stuff, and it's like there is nothing there, and they have to act like this is a fucking giant monster is about to step on them. Um, totally. But so yeah, I bet that would help a lot if you actually have something physical to go off of.
0: Totally.
2: Barto, dumb cop. Uh, my dumb cop is um, HUD for <laughs> for when the electronics store is getting robbed or looted. And Rob yes, goes into yes. the store, and Hud follows him in. He said, "This store's closed, Rob." <laughs> Top shit. one of the
0: funniest parts of the movie. <laughs> it was
2: really funny. It made me laugh.
0: Before that, there in New York City, and it is being attacked by a giant monster. The Statue of Liberty's head launched at them, and they're standing on a mm-hmm. corner during all that, and he turns toward the looters, and he goes, oh man, we gotta get out of here, guys. It's not safe <laughs> here. And it's like, y'all, because of looters, you're in the middle of 9-11. Yeah. Cop shit.
1: Yep, I did find that interesting how um, we don't see the looting happen until the bridge is taken down. It's like I, I feel like at that point, People are still like, we're going to be safe and get away from this. But then when the bridge comes down, they're just like, fuck it. All bets are off. Let's just fucking. Very good Let's point. Let's just get what we can get, do what we can do because this is all fucked. I, um, I think
2: I'd loot too. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. I almost picked HUD, but not for that. For the party scene I mentioned earlier, him, like. Oh, yeah. Him, A, very cop like behavior to tell someone oh no, I'm not filming this. I'm I'm turning the camera off and then yeah. uh, secretly filming them. Very cop-like behavior to be told something in secret then go around and uh, uh, just tell everyone, just completely random people you don't even know in some cases. And um, very cop-like behavior to not give a shit about the consequences at all. And uh, even when this is like your best friend and you're just fucking deciding to film it for some reason and just show them what how shitty of a person you're being because hey fuck it i'm, I'm a cop it doesn't matter uh, total consequences baby what you're gonna put me on a paid vacation <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay praxis award i'll go first on this one um i think i'm gonna pick just the the main crew for sticking together and like generally trying to help each other during the most terrifying thing they've ever gone through uh, they yeah. made bad decisions maybe maybe whatever but like you know Marilena was helping the person at her own risk uh, like they were all trying to help each other and not thinking selfishly and that was fucking cool
1: yeah um, I was thinking I mean you're completely right but yeah I was thinking Lily just the entire time she's just like so supportive of everyone she's with and just like a solid a steel beam the entire time. Um, But also Marlena.
0: Jet fuel can't melt. Yeah,
2: yeah,
1: I know. That's why I chose my words. (laughs) Did you say that too, Marta?
2: I said (laughs) unmeltable. Nice, okay. (laughs)
1: Um, And trust me, I've tried to melt steel beams uh, who are actually supportive women. Um, (laughs) But Marlena also, yeah, I mean, you're right. She uh, obviously, she's very um turned off by Hud as a person in general, um, but she still goes back and saves, risks her life to save him, and ultimately gives her life to save him. Uh, way to go! I'm gonna give Hell her yeah. one thumbs up.
2: Yeah, I was I was gonna say the same thing. This this guy who is a huge tool to her. Yes. I mean, because he's maybe just because he's the most awkward guy in the world. But,
1: yeah, I, I feel like that's being calling him a huge tool torture is being unfair. I think he's just a really big idiot and doesn't
2: yeah no But I think you talk. just shouldn't be a big idiot, and you should yeah. and you should figure that out
0: and learn how to talk to people mm-hmm. and care about what their body language is telling you about what they want more than what you want.
2: Yes,
0: but she finds it
2: in herself to save his life despite all that and hell yeah i know i'm i'm generally a person that thinks that even if someone is a fucking asshole you should probably care about them and
0: uh she embodied that in that moment
2: that's cool Hell yeah
0: i think we should give a participation praxis award to the looters
2: (laughs) yes absolutely take what's hell theirs I, I
1: think we should give them a good times award to the looters just, uh,
2: <laughs> new award
1: <laughs> good times all the shit's coming down you're probably fucked just, but you know I respect that they're having good times and making the most of it
2: hell
0: yeah alright
2: favorite shots the one that was like the most mind fucky to me was when they were crossing from one building to the other one and just the geometry of it was so weird to me. And when they started climbing it and it started kind of making sense, yeah. it was really fun to just get I got a with little
0: it. behind and, the and, scenes thing about that.
2: And the one the one thing I'm gonna to add to that Sorry. is the direct next scene where they're in Beth's building and they're like stumbling around and stuff like that. I thought immediately of the deck of the Enterprise and like, nice. when when like the ship gets deck. hit and everyone has to shake. Have you ever seen those um those uh camera stabilized videos of
0: Your wife sent me one. Oh, I-, really? I loved it. I showed it to Ira like last week. <laughs> really? Uh, <laughs> yes. Weird. Uh, <laughs> of where they're like, it's them, it's the original cast, and it's all shaking, and the camera it moves through the screen so that it's actually stable and you just see that they're all like being ridiculous yeah it's great
2: yeah that's what i thought of when i saw that next scene thanks that was fun too
0: i want to say uh so those were both separate sets the roof and her room and they were built so strangely that people were getting nauseous and having to take dramamine because their brain would like throw them off because like what seemed flat was actually at an angle and shit wild super cool looking wow, set. i'm glad it wasn't just me because i as i was telling you this no. i'm
2: like this is like a kind of a dorky thing to have i have like a notably I, i've in listening to myself as i edit these i have a lot of dorky favorite shots that aren't that exciting but i'm glad that no. the actors were also impressed or whatever by this set.
1: That's why I can never edit this podcast having to listen to you um, again. <laughs>
0: oh, Jesus. Thanks. Jesus. <laughs> Charlie, what's your favorite shot?
1: Well, first of all, I want to throw in with that shot there. Uh, one thing that, that is just completely side note to everything. One of the things that bothered me when he's um, trying to open the door to Beth's apartment and he has to break it open. But then Lily and Hud are just fucking standing there, like let me mm. let us catch our breath. Like what the fuck? That was one of the points where I was just like, come on, like totally,
0: <laughs> you guys are better than this. Maybe like, one of the points where improv-ing wasn't the best.
1: Yeah, because like, <laughs> we totally. we're talking about how supportive they are of each other, which they are. But then this one point, they're just kind of like, ah, you got this breaking the door down <laughs> by yourself. Um, that that kind of seemed, uh wrong to me (laughs) totally uh in terms of shots when they're walking down the street early on and then like all of a sudden the military shows up and they have to duck to the side and then there's a the shot continues with the military like shooting and shooting a fucking bazooka at the monster and then they they're hiding while the military's fighting the monster then they kind of run Almost get smashed by the monster at the run of the subway. That was just a really great and uh, impressive, super impressive shot. Like I said, HUD um, could have been a cinematographer. <laughs> and yeah. um,
2: Children of Men vibes.
1: Yeah, I, that's what oh, I was about yeah. to say. It reminded me really of that uh, famous shot in Children of Men where it just, yeah, where, ducks where, in and out and all that shit. Where everything happens. It reminded
0: me of a lot of playing yeah, The Last happens. of Us. The first one, I gotta say. Oh, a plane! Last one. Yeah,
1: sure.
0: like you're running yeah. through, yeah. back alleys, and there are military. There's a military car that's like kind of. It's like cinematic stuff happening in the game that you're running through. It felt like that. You're running through, mm-hmm. and things are happening around you. Super cool. Mm-hmm. Oh,
1: totally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like Barto just said, the thing that immediately mean came to mind is Children of Men, which is uh, totally very, very high compliment. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that is a banger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charlie, you good or do you have another?
1: That's it. Sweet. Um, I mean, that's just a follow up. Uh, the next one that came to mind was the in the subway the night vision shots of the monsters. Yeah. Good call. Hell yeah.
0: Um, I had a couple or a few. Uh, two of them are just some of the coolest destruction shots that I thought were framed really cool. One was when. The monster is, like, busting his head, like, stumbling. I like that he's stumbling around a lot, and I love that he, like, stumbles into Grand Central Station, and in the back is, like, the Chrysler building. He's just knocking these landmarks over, and it's just a really well-done effect. Um, I really liked when they bomb him, and you think he's dead, and he, like, tries to catch himself on a skyscraper and scrapes down, like, stories of stuff with his hand. It's super cool. And then I did like the shot towards the end when they're like climbing, they're running out from like below something up a ramp towards the military. And it's so bright up there that they're like silhouetted and it's like they're running toward the light at the end of the tunnel. But you don't know, like, is this good or is this like this terrifying alien presence of the military that's actually imposing? Mm-hmm. And it's very good. It's very like symbolic. When was that last shot? You said when they came across the military for the towards the end, right before they get in the helicopters. I think.
2: Okay. Oh, I thought you you were talking about when they left the subway, and there's... that's
0: what I was thinking. No, no, sorry, it wasn't when they left the subway. That was indoors. This is like outdoors. They're going up a ramp, and there's like military cars up there with headlights, so it's super oh, bright. Oh, you're right. Same sort of okay. thing. It, interesting that yeah.
2: they they use the same like the military is this like. I don't know. I don't know what you would call it.
1: A uh, shining light during a time
2: of chaos and darkness. Yeah, but...
1: Or
0: or is it a cop light or is it a UFO light? Like, yeah, it's this... It's bright, so it's, it's intriguing, but you can't tell what it is because it's so bright, so it's scary.
1: Yeah. It's a shining light of hope.
0: <laughs> but yeah, when
1: they first came up during the subway and they came across... The light of the military, I was like, oh, wait, is it daytime now? They've been on the subway so long, it's daytime? And no, the military is just a shining light. <laughs> all
0: Ooh. right. Uh, how would you all rate this? Charlie, why don't you go first?
1: Why me first?
0: I don't know. I just sometimes I'm like, who should do it? And we wait and wait. So I was just picking somebody that didn't go first last time.
1: I think this is a very well done movie that... As we said earlier, it hits the notes it sets out to hit. Unless they set out to hit a perfect movie or a particularly great movie, which I do not think it is. But it's a it's a solid good movie that I think is a good time. And um, there aren't really many faults with it. It's it's, it's 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 good fun stuff. It's a good kaiju movie. It's a good uh, Betrayed by America. I'm... It's fake of Liberty movie. Uh, it's a good movie about someone being tested, whether or not they can live in Japan. <laughs> it's, it's, I'd say it's a solid, uh, biggest is There's no great star from St. Louis in it. There's no, there's no great, uh, I think we're alone now. Um, so I will give it, I'm going to give it a, a, I don't know a dog. I'm, I'm... That's great. Yeah, oh <laughs> yeah. Give it a dog.
2: Uh, it's
1: not Godzilla
2: and uh, a, a
1: few <laughs> peanut poppers. Uh, Diddy's peanut poppers. <laughs> I haven't given those out for a while, and I have like a huge stash of them now. That's kind of built up, so I need to
2: <laughs> start handing them out. Give them. All right, Barto. It's it's not Godzilla, it's not Mothra, but it's probably Rodan, maybe Rodan and Change.
0: Ooh. Hell yeah, I like this movie a lot. It pleasantly surprised me, and I I liked it more while we while we were doing this discussion. I went on Letterboxd and changed it from three and a half to four because I got <laughs> really excited about how we were talking about mm-hmm. it. So I'm gonna give it too. one headless Statue of Liberty. Um, that's what that's what I'm giving it. I mean, we probably should have come with up with a ranking for the Cloverfield movies because we're doing all three. But fuck it. Um, I, so, I'll give it three, uh,
1: three leaf clover six. out of a possible okay. five. <laughs> three, three and a half leaf clover, all and right. a dog, <laughs> a dog and of course, a few peanut and poppers. peanut poppers.
0: <laughs> Um, okay, the question for you all. So we have this movie, we're gonna watch the two sequels, but the two sequels like may or may not be connected. We'll have info on that when we get to them. But they are like in production right now is a direct sequel to this movie. Um, are you all excited about what might come next? Are you all not excited? Where do y'all land?
1: Oh I thought you were asking the audience is like no. something they can respond to respond. <laughs> yeah, wait for like, them, or them or respond. Respond to respond.
2: <laughs> I'm jazzed. I I especially after this conversation, I'm even more I'm I'm on the, the Cloverfield hype wagon. Like, let's fucking go. More Cloverfield.
1: Um Hell Do you yeah. know if J.J. Abrams or Matt Reeves are involved?
0: I don't know. I couldn't find any information. I wish I knew. Um, how would that change it for you, Charlie? Like, would that be better? Would that be worse? Um, that'd be better
1: just uh, because I'm curious about – I am curious at the end of this, like, what what uh, happens overall. And the next – I know at least Cloverfield Land doesn't really address that at all.
0: And I am left with Cloverfield the question –
1: Cloverfield Lane.
0: Oh, 10 Cloverfield Lane. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't really address that. Um, no spoilers? I, I don't think paradox does either, though. I've never seen it. So I am left wondering what happens, um, and what goes on with this monster and every, yeah. Um, and I think if it had some of the original people created on it, it would have more of an organic idea of what, They originally maybe kind of thought up as possibilities when they first made it, as opposed to uh, completely different people coming in and just, uh, you know, a bit more inorganic of uh, where can we go from here.
0: That makes a ton of sense to me.
1: Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean that the former would be better, will always be better than the latter, but it makes me think that they have more of a stake and a heart in it um, and more of... Like I said, an organic idea of where things can go, but overall, I'm I'm I, I think either way, uh, it, I'm excited. It could be a fun time. I I'm always I'm generally for just more movies, you know. It happened to be terrible and horrible, whatever. Uh, totally, you know, people complain about oh, it ruins the legacy. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Shut up. Um, totally, hell yeah.
0: <laughs> um, I am with y'all. I'm really pumped. I'm stoked to see a sequel in in theaters. I hope that it kind of gives us some idea of what happened here and continues it i don't know how they could do a found footage one again that wouldn't feel really contrived so then i don't know if some of the awesomeness of this one will be gone but i'm freaking excited and uh i will say charlie i bet you jj abrams is very involved just because or at least involved because i'm pretty sure he was the driving force behind turning the next two scripts that he got into cloverfield movies so i know he'll at least be executive producing i can't imagine that he would yeah. but i
1: don't know how yeah i was... would imagine sorry i would imagine he'd at least be executive producer that that never yeah. necessarily translates to them having actual involvement
0: and the fact that he didn't care too much without spoiling it for bartow about whether the vision of the next two movies connected to this who knows what that might mean but i do like mm-hmm. That they're like, no, we're doing an actual sequel. Like, the poster is Cloverfield and a big two. Um, do, do we know anything besides the poster? Like, do we know that it's going to be found footage or No, nope, just... not me. Maybe Barto found some stuff. He looks like he's in research mode. Uh, yeah,
2: yeah. He's got a brain on him. I Yeah, big old brain. No, all I'm thinking about is, is this going to be... Is the monster going to be coronavirus? Boring. Or is it going to be <laughs> the 2008 financial collapse? Very exciting. That's what I want the, the answer <laughs> to be. The
1: 2023 financial collapse. Yes. Uh, Hell yeah. Let's 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 have a little. Let's pour one out for the SVB. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sweet. Well, that was a freaking awesome discussion. We hope you join us next time for 10 Cloverfield Lane. Uh, thanks for listening. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can uh I mean it'd be really cool if you rated us there, you know, and reviewed us. Uh you can find us on Twitter at NoGodsPod. Pod. You can email us, no at gmail.com. And if you want to support the show, uh Bush did nine eleven.